Let's go ahead and pray this morning, and uh, we'll just uh, set our hearts, focus on Him, look to the Lord for, for direction, for wisdom, for answers here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do look to You. Lord, we honor and bless You. You're the reason why we're here. You're the reason why we live. Lord, we've given our lives to You, and You've given us oh, so much more. We thank You for it. Thank You for the relationship that we have with You, the forgiveness of our sins. Thank You for eternal life and the daily blessings that abound in us. For You daily load us with benefits. Lord, we thank You for what You're doing in our hearts, in our church, in the lives of every person here. Lord, I ask You now for the word for the hour, the message for this time. Direct my every steps, my every words, everything I say and do. May it all be edifying to people here. May it all be glorifying to the Lord Jesus. And Lord, we trust you to bring about that which each person needs uh, to, to fulfill the, the work of God in, uh, that you would have for them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, well, we're in a series here this morning, and uh, like we are most of the time, because I like to, uh, I like to teach in series, and uh, I like to stay on a subject for uh, more than just a week or two, because it, for one, it helps get established in our hearts and helps us to stay on a certain track for a while. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had trouble uh, remembering what was said the week before. <laughs> if you're like most, yes, and, and I'm helping you in that regard by staying on a certain subject to keep your mind thinking along a certain track for a while so things can get grounded in us so we can be challenged and encouraged to move forward and, uh, and so we can be doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen? And then, and then also at the same time, of course, you can kind of pick any subject, whether you talk about faith or uh, love or healing or, you know, whatever, redemption or any, any, any kind of subject you take from the Word of God, it's big, man. There's a lot of stuff in there, and there's just a lot of things you can say about it. And so uh, we endeavor to, uh, to cover things at least to an extent where, you, where we can be well grounded in the Word of God. Now, we're in a series here called How to Go Broke, all right? And so we are teaching you, giving you tools so that you can go broke, Amen. Hopefully by Wednesday. <laughs> now, now, obviously, uh, we don't really want you to go broke, but we want you to take these principles in reverse and, and take the opposite and, and put them into practice. And if there are things that are uh, in, in operation in your life and they are producing brokenness, they're allowing the curse of poverty to, to reside in your life, then we want you to cut those things off. Okay? Because, uh, you know, we, we want you, I, I want you to do well. I am thrilled when you are happy, healthy blessed, fulfilled, doing the work of God, impacting others' lives. And I know that if I feel that way, come on, multiply it times a gazillion, and that's the way the Father feels about you. That's the, that's the way the Lord, Lord feels about you. He wants you to be blessed, wants you to be happy, but wants you to get busy too. Uh, we got a big world to, uh, to win, and there's a lot of lives out there that people are hurting, and we are the answers to their prayer. I got to tell you. Hmm. In fact, someone was telling me uh, just uh, uh, just recently. I don't, don't purpose to use all these stories, but you know, they, sometimes they come up right in the right, just right while, while I'm speaking. But a woman was praying and uh, about a particular thing, and someone else from our church was the answer to their prayer. And uh, and I think well, that happens all the time. We just don't always recognize it. But I tell you what, when you meet certain people and you think, "Wow, what a coincidence." Here I am, and here you are, and that's exactly what I was thinking, and, and, and I really believe that, that God is arranging things, and sometimes we're prompted to do things not just because 
some unknown reason or some mysterious thing that we can never comprehend. Somebody else prayed, man. Somebody else was seeking God, and He sent us in response to that. So, anyway, how to go broke. There are specific principles that we can put into practice. If we will do so, favor and prosperity will work in our lives. If we avoid them, if we go the other way, just the opposite will happen. It's independent of whether you love God or not. Independent of whether or not you are saved. Because listen, there are people in the world who don't love God, don't really give a rip about what God wants them to do in their life, yet they have got a hold of certain principles and laws, and they're putting them into practice and benefiting from them. Okay, I do not see a, a distinct straight line that says as soon as someone receives the Lord, they're all the prosperous group. And those who are serving the devil, well, they're all suffering in poverty. Do you see that? I certainly don't see that. And that, well, I have seen pe many people who were struggling and in difficulty, but when they put into practice the laws of, uh, of the Scripture, laws of the kingdom, sowing and reaping and so forth, that they came out of poverty, they came out of broke, all right, but it's not something that God has even limited to where only those who love Him can have it. How many know He sends rain on the just and on the unjust? Huh? That's a good thing. Uh, he, he blesses all people uh, to a certain extent, but if we will operate within His principles, we can have far, much, far more than the average Joe will have. So how to go broke. This is the fourth part, and let me start with the fifth point, all right, okay? If you've got the others working in your life, I tell you what, you're probably broker than ever since we started. And the next one is just a real simple three-letter word, and I want to show you how sin contributes to brokenness today. Sin is absolutely a thief of God's blessing and provision in a person's life. There is reason beyond, uh, let's go ahead and read this scripture first. Proverbs 13, verse 25. Did I tell you that? 13, 25. It says, the righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. Now, this is talking about behavior here, because how many know in this day, the time when the Proverbs were written, there was no one who was born again. No one was inherently or positionally righteous as far as their spirit being made alive and made new. When someone was evil or someone was righteous, it's simply referred to how they behaved and how they lived their lives, okay? So the evil person was a person who did evil things. What, what, what does it say what, what happened to that person? They would be in want, okay? Whereas the righteous would be satisfied, Praise the Lord. That's called prosperity. There is a reason beyond our standing and our position with God to do what the Lord says. Certainly, for those of us who have received Him and made Jesus Lord, what He thinks matters. How many know if He said jump, we jump? You know, as they say, how high? You know, uh, we, because of our relationship with God, we want to please Him. We want to do right. And if there were nothing else involved... When you're in relationship with someone and you love them, you want to please them. You want them to be uh, happy and pleased with what you're doing in your life. When it comes to sin, though, the, the issue here is there is even more reason beyond our standing with God as to why we should avoid certain activity. Okay? And here's what the reason is. 
God is smarter than you. And he knows what type of behavior will cause you to go up and what will cause you to go down. And it's not all about, although, again, for the believer, that's a big part of it, but it's not all about just doing it because if I, you know, if I get involved with this, I'm condemned. If I get involved with this, that's wrong. It's, it's a matter of being smart, being intelligent. Sometimes, I tell you what, it, we should just avoid sin because it's stupid to get involved with it. Because the sin will eat us up. The sinful actions. God wasn't just telling us to avoid certain things just so he could say, well, I'm God and I just really don't want you to do that. There's no, no other reason other than that I'm God and I said so, so there you go. He does things with reason and for a purpose. And if he says, I want you to avoid this type of thoughts, these type of activities, these, these actions, there is a reason behind it. And here's what it is. Those things will, will hurt you. And God loves you so much. And he loves me so much that he, that he would tell me what to do. It's like uh, worship. Sometimes people have thought concerning the action and the attitude and the heart of worship. Why in the world would God, being all-powerful and everything else, why is He requiring us to worship Him? I mean, it's like it's His idea. He creates us to worship Him. And people thought, well, what would He do that for? I mean, what kind of friend? You know, and, he, and, and Jesus makes statements like this in, in the book of John. If you love me, you'll do what I say. I mean, and we compare that to a natural relationship. You think, if I have a friend, and they say, if you're going to be my friend, you're going to do what I say. We wouldn't, we wouldn't take that too well. But here, here's the deal. Again, God loves us, and he knows everything. And when he says, worship me in spirit and truth, he knows this, that if you are not worshiping him, you are going to worship something else. Because it's in our makeup. We're going to have that type of relationship with something or someone. And when we do it His way, our lives get aligned and, perf- and, and they're not messed up with wrong priorities and all kinds of junk coming in. It is, uh, I mean, I tell you what, I'm so thankful that God told me to worship Him. I'm so glad He said to me, if you love me, you're going to do what I say. Because here's the deal. He's right. If He says it, it's the correct thing to do. Not only so I can have unhindered fellowship with Him, but so that I can reap the benefits of living that way. You see, sin will eat people's lunch and pop the bag, right? And, uh, and living righteous and doing right will set someone on a path where God's blessings flow. And really, you could even separate it from what we call God's blessings. Things will just work for them. Things will absolutely just work if people do things God's way. That's for the Christian. That's for the, the non-Christian. How many know it pays? If there's a person, there may be some here. Uh, it pays for a person who's never been born again to live holy. In other words, to avoid certain activities in their life. Even if it's not, I'm doing this because I know God wants me to do it. I'm just doing it because it's smart. 
Huh. I tell you what, li- uh, you know, living the Christian life is the, most, is the smartest thing you've ever done. And that's true even if you didn't believe in heaven. Hmm? Because of the principles of the love of God. How many know someone who walks in the love of God is going to have the best marriage on the planet? True. There's not, there, there's not a, uh, there, there is not a problem marriage, zero, where people walk in the love of God. And they treat each other with that kind of love. There are no problems in that kind of marriage. Saved or unsaved. And so, again, God is right. Sin has a penalty built into it. And it will oftentimes affect you financially. Now, sin can affect people in other areas. Many things in our lives can be really messed up as a result of living in sinful behavior. But I want to focus more today on the financial aspect. Because sometimes people are broke simply because they're doing really stupid things. I should say it this way, just to be more specific. They're doing really sinful things, and it's costing them. Direct, right off the bottom line, it's costing them to live in sin. Now, you're in 13 there. Back up to the 22nd verse. It says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And so we see a good man gets to keep his stuff, but a wicked man, he's working for you. His stuff, he loses it because of the type of life that he lives, because of the sin in his life, what he works for goes to somebody else. It gets directed away from him. Okay? Now you remember in Luke 15, Jesus taught about the prodigal son. Remember the prodigal son? Uh, it's what prodigal son is what we call him. It's simply there were two brothers and their dad was pretty well off and they came to him one day or the younger one did and said let's have the inheritance and he divided between the two of them their inheritance they both got a boatload of money and the younger one said I'm out of here and he took off and he went into what was called riotous living okay in other words he went to the he was in the party scene he went he was partying hard and he has he's flashing money around and he was probably everybody's best friend for a little while he was living it up but in a short period of time what happened he went broke why did he go broke because of the sin in his life he started living a life of sin and it ate up his prosperity it ate up the provision until he was a broke guy sin costs a lot of money now you can see that in some respects depending on the type of sinful involvement and we'll illustrate these but I, I want to tell you things you don't see it's there too you just don't see the direct relationship but let's say someone likes to take drugs well that can be expensive how I many know that can make you that can put you in the poor house right and then people of course when they get to the poor house they're tempted to get on the other side and well maybe I should deal a little bit too and uh, then they go to the big house (laughs) right (laughs) and so nevertheless doing drugs can make you poor you know what about things that maybe not so serious but what about traffic tickets those are kind of annoying aren't they (laughs) 150 bucks here (laughs) 100 bucks here and and uh, well I'm just saying going contrary to the law which 
it's, it's, is sin, will cost you. What about bail? <laughs> that can be a bummer. Right? Find yourself in jail, you got to bail. Well, that cost, these things, I'm just saying these things cost money. Sometimes people's behavior, they don't, they don't get a grip on their anger. And they don't control themselves and they fly off the handle. Maybe hit someone. Huh? Maybe get in a fight. Maybe get messed up themselves and they got doctor bills. What was it a result of? Sin. Hmm. Maybe a lawsuit involved at, at, at the same time. Maybe they get so angry and they, and they do this. And, uh, you know, people do crazy things when they're governed by sin. When, when they're in bondage to, uh, to that type of thing, whether it's, uh, you know, anger, like I said, people run, run their car into somebody. And there have been some just amazing things that people have done, but it all costs a lot of money. I, I, know, I know this, and some of you I know have experienced this firsthand, but one thing that really eats people up financially is divorce. I know so, there's been so many people, they were, they'd li- they were living at a certain level in their life and, you know, things are pretty comfortable as far as financially and the things they possess, and they got divorced, and they took a step down. They took a big step down because, you know, for one, it, you know, all the costs involved, and then there's, you know, on one side, there's the alimony, all that, and then, but basically it costs more to live separate than it does together. And, uh, but a lot of people suffer financially simply because of that type of thing, and you can see how God wants... You can see how one of the reasons God wants us to stay away from certain activities is because it's going to hurt us. I mean, you know, he's the same. Hmm? He's still on the throne. He's, his street's still paved out of gold whether you do right or not. He's having a good time whether you do right or not. But when I screw up and when I live contrary to his ways, it's going to affect me. And in reality, God doesn't want that. So, sinning... You know, it can be so many areas, so many things, but some of it is just simply getting out of the will of God. I'm talking about to the believer now who knows the will of God, a believer who knows what God wants them to do. I've seen so many people get out, they, they miss out on prosperity because by getting out of God's best and His will for their life, they are missing opportunities that they sometimes never would have known were coming. And whenever I choose to do my thing instead of the Lord's thing for me, whenever I choose to go my way instead of His way, I might not even know and recognize how many things I just sacrificed. Because knowing that God loves me and wants me blessed and wants me to prosper, if I choose to go the other direction, He had a meeting set up for me the next week to have a real good connection. He had a job opportunity for me over here. He had an investment over here. He had the, 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 all these things were going to be set up, but I chose to go my, my way. I chose to go my direction. And th- these are areas that people don't really understand because we didn't know what would have happened had we not done what, what, what we did. And I've seen some, some folks who have gotten, uh, you know, just led by problems. There's a problem here, so I'm going this way. I'm mad at this person, so I'm going this way. I'm offended here, so I'm going to make this decision. And they make all their decisions based on that, and that is far different from the Lord leading them. (laughs) Can we say, that's not the Holy Spirit. 
But Christians do it all day long. And I really believe that it's, one, it's sinful. Two, it is hindering their prosperity. It's hindering where they want to be and, where, and really where God wants them to be. And I remember what Pastor Allen and I were having this discussion recently about some different situations. He brought up a situation to me uh, about some, some folks and some things that they had done, and, and it immediately triggered. And I said, you know what? I just ran into so-and-so. And, uh, and uh, he, he knew who, who they were, and it had been a little while. But in this particular situation, there were some people who were, um, uh, who, who were going to this church. And this is a husband and wife family deal. She had all kinds of physical problems, physical issues, and uh, disease and things. And she got miraculously and supernaturally healed. It was awesome. Had a testimony. She wrote it out. We read it. <laughs> it was a good one. Good, good testimony. And then they disappeared. I thought, yeah, junk. And then I ran into them. This is a little while, while back, not just a couple months ago or anything like that. And, hey, how's it going? What's going on? And come to find out in my discussion with them that all her problems are back. And I thought, eee, was it really worth it? And so I think, don't you make the connection? I do. I mean, is that hard to see? I'm, you know, I'm doing this. I'm walking with God. I'm in the place that I know He wants me to be. And I divert from that and things fall apart. And why did this happen? How I many know it's not God doing it, doing it to them? He still loves them like, like He always has. No change there. But people miss out on the blessing. And again, what I'm, I'm not just saying it's about life church. Okay, this could be someone in another church that God has them in. It's not like you have to be here, otherwise you're out in the devil's territory. No, it's called, you need to be where, where, where God wants you to be. Okay, and, and that's true for all of us. But there's so many people, I can, see, I can see that God has led them in a certain area. And through that decision, blessings started abounding. Things started happening. Their life was all of a sudden turned around. Can I tell you, just without being a rocket scientist, keep doing that. If God is speaking to you, stay. If He's moving in your life, I mean, apart from anything else, you stay in the place where things are working for you. You're hearing from God. You're getting direction, and, and things are happening. Don't let a little hiccup or a little offense or a little trouble here or there get you out of God's will. It is really not worth it. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, go to Second Chronicles with me. Second Chronicles 25. I really believe that God wants us to prosper, and it's His best for us, and that He will give us opportunities at different occasions to experience some of these things. Sometimes people might wonder, well, you know, if I get into sin, and it costs me, if I miss God's will for my life, and it costs me, can't I be forgiven? Well, of course you can be forgiven. Anytime a person comes to the Lord and says and humbles themselves, God will forgive them and wipe that thing away. But we got to think about this as well. If I go rob the bank and I'm in the big house and I pray, well, the Lord, Lord, would, would you forgive me? Will He? 
Yes, I believe there are people who have murdered, who have done all kinds of heinous crimes. They're in prison today and forgiven. They're forgiven by God. His mercy and His blood is more powerful than any sin that they've ever committed. But how many know they don't get out because of it? Uh, excuse me, Mr. Warden. I'm forgiven, don't you know? Don't you know I have a clean slate? And so I, I like to leave. <laughs> Well, you have a clean slate with God, but not necessarily with the state. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's how, how some of these things work. And that, that's more of a, a, a severe example. But I believe that works to a lesser degree. That sometimes, because of what we do, there'll be some losses in our lives. Even though the Lord still loves us, even though He forgives us. Well, th- there are repercussions to doing wrong. In Second Chronicles 25, say amen if you got it. Uh, Amaziah here, speaking about him and the, and the war he was about to get involved with in verse 6, says he also hired 100,000 mighty men of valor. Think about that. He hired 100,000 people. I don't know if there's any business owners here. That's a big crew. Okay, and these were fighting men, warriors. He hired them, men of valor, from Israel for 100 talents of silver. Okay? A lot of silver. Big time bucks. Verse 7. But a man of God came to him saying, O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you. For the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the children of Ephraim. Now, now think about this for a moment. Is the Lord always with us? Well, yes and no. He's always with us in the sense that we are His children. He said He'd never leave us. But we must understand this. He's not always with us in everything we do. Okay, He was not rejecting them as, as far as covenant is concerned and what He wanted to do uh, in their whole future. But in relationship to this battle and this war that they were about to get involved with, He said, go ahead and go out there. I'll be standing back here. I'm not with you on this. This makes me think, you know, it's kind of a good idea to pray before you hire 100,000 guys. <laughs> Might want to get some direction first. Hmm. Instead of, I'll just do this and believe that God's going to bless it. See, this is kind of where you separate uh, the f- principles of faith from having the will of God. And yes, say, don't you believe that we can speak and things happen? Speak to our mountains. Yes, but if you're, on the, if you're in the wrong area, if God told you to go this direction, you go the other, don't bother speaking to the mountain. Because that mountain, you're not even supposed to be by that mountain. Go deal with the other mountain. Huh? And, 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 and again, don't spend, don't spend a huge bucket load of money without getting direction. Say, why? Because you might lose it. Even though the Lord loves you, wants you to prosper, you'll go broke by missing God. Verse 8, but if you go, be gone. Be strong in battle. Even so, God shall make you fall before the enemy. For God has power to help and to overthrow. How many are saying, yikes, at this point? Verse 9, then Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do about the 100,000 talents which I have given to the troops of Israel? He's saying, Lord, 
What about the money? I spent a bunch of money on this, and now you're telling me, don't go? Can you say, again, pray first? Get direction first. Make sure you're doing the right thing before you commit to something, before you move across the country, before you take the new job, before you buy the house, before you marry this person. You know what I'm talking about? Before is a good word for Christians. Before you do things, make sure it's right. Make sure it's instead of crying out to God after the fact. Okay. What about the money? Well, here's the deal. Sometimes, if we make the wrong decision, we get involved in sinful behavior and we start reaping the financial repercussions of that. You have to understand this. Sometimes you might lose out initially. Sometimes you might go down before you can come back up. And I want to tell you, it's worth it. Because what, what could have they have done? He said, bless God, I already hired these guys. I, you know, I think, I think we can do it. How many know they would end up dead? Not only broke, but broken dead. No inheritance for the children's children, <laughs> right? Somebody else got the inheritance then. And so it's always better, even if you lose out initially, go ahead and go with the Lord because you get back on track. And that's where the last part of this verse, I think, comes in real strong. And the prophet said to him, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. And he just spent a whole lot of money. And he said, look, God's able to give you much more than this. And if you've blown it, you've made mistakes, or really, you're really just stuck, and you've lost some money in, in whatever, uh, that ought to be your word. Yeah, it hurts a little bit. Like, ah, what an idiot. Bam, what am I doing? And, uh, but God is able to give me much more than this. And you, as soon as you said that, you turned the corner, and you started heading back to the place where you're not broke. Proverbs 23. Everybody with me today? Giving you some good tools if you want to go broke. Share them with your friends and neighbors. Proverbs 23, 21 says, For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. Who comes to poverty? The drunkard and the glutton. Now, a glutton, oftentimes, you know, we think of, and it's correct, a glutton, someone often, usually who eats too much. The Hebrew says there, says there in the Strong's, he's a riotous eater. I saw that guy at the buffet the other day. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he said, bless God, they're not going to make any money on me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got to tell you, that's a poverty mindset when you're trying to outdo, to outdo the owner at the buffet. <laughs> just to make sure they don't make any money on you. <laughs> I know this is kind of a side note, but first of all, why wouldn't you want someone to make money on you? Are you really so cold? Bless God, I want to go buy a car. They're not going to make a dime on me. Well, why not? D don't they have a family? Aren't they in business to make money? Why are we so opposed to people making money on us? Now, you don't want to get cleaned out. You don't want to be taken advantage of. But if you sell me something, I want you to make money. Why? I'm a Christian. I'm thinking of you, not just me. 
Anyway, I know that's a new thought to some, but <laughs> some of us need new thoughts. But again, the glutton, the Hebrew word means to, literally to shake and to quake. It, it figuratively means to be loose morally. Who comes to poverty? Morally loose people. Again, these type of behaviors will affect us in many ways, but they will, focusing on this only right now, but it'll affect our financial life. What will? Loose living. Loose morals will affect your net worth. Of course, if you eat too much, food costs a lot. But also, of course, there's medical bills that can pile up if someone doesn't take care of their body very well. And how many know that, again, can eat away at your at your uh, your prosperity. And it's not just about right standing with God. Say, does the Lord love people who eat too much? Of course. Of course He does. Say, can they be saved? Of course. Does the Lord love people who are sick? Of course. But it's just wise to do whatever we can do to avoid it. And that's why the Lord gives us directives. He wants you to be so stinking happy that you can hardly contain yourself. And in the midst of your big honking smile and a blessed life, you tell others about Him. Makes Him look good too. Okay. Two seats on Southwest could be expensive. How many know, uh, you know, again here, the drunkard. What about the drunkard? It says he's coming to poverty. Well, it can cost a lot of money to live drunk. Can you see that? I mean, I know this even, even backing off from the whole drunk thing. Uh, you know, I've shared this with you before, but my wife and I, we like to go out to eat. And we like, you know, Cheesecake Factory and, and uh, <laughs> Goodwood and... and uh, <laughs> You know, Cracker Barrel and <laughs> what? Yeah, and uh, help me out now. Panda. <laughs> what? Chili's. P.F. Chang's. <laughs> now talk about sin. <laughs> that will send you to an early grave no. <laughs> yeah yeah. anyway so we, we like to go to all these places it's, it's a good time and you know enjoy the food but we thought you know I was just watching over the years bills are getting pretty big even just if you're with a couple people let alone if you take others out and, and, uh, and, and buy, to pick up the tab and you know and the bill gets like yikes that's large and I think about that and we don't even we don't even drink alcohol I think, what about all the people who are getting a couple drinks each? I think, man, that's got to be costing a lot of money. And uh, so what, what is that? It's eating away at their prosperity. It's, it's a path. It's, it's one path to broke. But especially now, uh, I'm talking about the person who's the drunkard. Think about being addicted. And maybe some are. And you know this firsthand. It's costing you a fortune to feed that habit. Even if people are addicted to things like, like cigarettes and stuff. That's, you know, that's a costly thing to be involved with. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means it's costing you. Uh, I mean, you could be addicted to Cokes and, you know, Starbucks for that matter. And, and uh, anything you have to have, 
man, I have to have this or I'm just, I have to have this in the morning. I don't know. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to have it. You just might want to get free. Okay? Because these things become a bondage. Then you have to have it again, and it, it takes priority over other things. And you're going to get it, and you're going to spend the money on it, and it's going to cost you. And again, they eat away at your prosperity. So there's that aspect. Then, all, then there's all the stupid things people do while they are drunk. How many know there's a small fortune lost there every day? Yeah. Yeah. All the things we, what we talked about before. Bail. <laughs> uh, you know, car accidents. Again, breaking things and fighting and, and all kinds. Of, there's just a lot of financial involvement that get in, get, eats away at, at people when they're involved with these types of things. Amen. James chapter 1. Let's just finish up. Riotous living, living in sinful behavior is a good way to go broke. James chapter 1 and verse 15. Let's start in verse 14. 14. But when each one is tempted, he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death what does sin do sin kills the end result of sin is death but how many know that sin is not always in its full grown state and death works progressively death works in people's bodies it's called sickness and disease it's called premature death. Death works in people's emotions. It's called depression. It's called stress and anxiety and, and, and all these type of, of emotional and mental issues. You know, death works in people's marriages and it's called strife and it's called separation and divorce. Death works in people's finances and it's called I can never get ahead. It's called every time I seem to poke my head above the water, something else breaks down. Another bill pops up here, and I'm always just barely making it. That's called death working in someone's finances. What is it a result of? Sin. Sin allows the spiritual force of the law of, of, of uh, sin and death to take root in people's finances. And this is one of the reasons why people get bogged down in this. Listen, sin is a deceptive force. Otherwise, none of us would get involved ever. Sin can be deceptive in this regard. At first, it seems like a good idea. And the more you look at it, I'm talking about your own temptation now, the more you look at it and start seeing yourself doing it, and you imagine the pleasure that it brings to you, the more your eyes are going shut to reality. The more you meditate on it and think about it, I can do, your eyes are closing. And after a while, even Christians now, they get in the inner in the face of temptation, and they're basically like this. I don't see anything wrong with this. Well, the more I think about it, man, this, why is this even, why do people, why don't people even have a problem with this? Like, the, I don't know any scriptures that say I can't do this. I don't know why this is such a big problem. I mean, it's just me. I'm not hurting anybody else. 
I mean, it's my own private life. What does this have to do with anyone else? I, I don't see anything wrong with this. Right? That's deception. Of course you don't see. Your eyes are closed. And that happens to each and every one of us. It seems like a good idea at first. Otherwise, why would we do it? We would. If we saw fully the full repercussions and things following that short period of, oh, that feels good. Whether it's lashing out at somebody, you know, whatever it is. Whatever it is that, that you're tempted to get involved with. That short period of if it feels good. If you could see beyond that clearly, none of us would ever do, th- do, do things that are wrong. Yeah. And if we saw how it affected our finances, how we're giving in the offering, and we're believing, saying, Lord, you're my provider, you meet all my needs, I'm believing you for increase and for opportunities and all this stuff. And then, and then we see what happens after that, how it's going to undermine everything we're doing, we wouldn't do it. Okay? So just remember that. It's a lot easier to talk about here. It's a lot easier to explain than it is in the heat of temptation when all of a sudden you don't see much of a problem with it. All of a sudden, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. What's the big deal with this? It's called there's blinders built into the system. Amen. And so, Proverbs 6, 27 says, Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? What's the answer to that? No. No. And the the truth is, when we mess around with stuff, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back at us. There's stuff built into it. Let me give you this one last thought. Sin for the believer produces condemnation. When you do wrong, you feel condemned about it. I don't mean you're condemned by another person, may or not be. You feel condemned. It's your, scripturally, your own heart is condemning you. When you're living in condemnation, you have no faith. Your heart, you don't have confidence before God. If you do not have faith, you cannot look in the face of need and want and say, God supplies my need. You can, I mean, you could say it, but it'll just come out of your head because your heart will disagree with you. Your heart will get in the way of that and say, but not for you. You're not worth it. You're not worthy of it. You don't have the faith. You know, just give you all kinds of things. that It'll get right in the way of it. And so when I'm in sin, I'm also removing faith from working in my life, which from a roundabout way is also going to cause me to go broke. Because it's by faith that you stand. Your faith causes you to stand. And it must be active and it must be working at all times. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. Thank you now for each and every person here. Thank you for the life and love of God that's in us. Lord, you love us so much. I thank you for showing us and directing us. And Lord, today for those who are involved in stuff and it's, it's eating them up. It's messing them with their lives, messing with them in many areas and messing with their finances. Lord, I pray that you give them a revelation, understanding of truth of who they are in Christ today. That they are above and not beneath, or the head and not the tail. They are free from all bondage in Christ. And Father, I pray right now that even by your Spirit, you would reveal things to us that are hindering our prosperity. If there's specific areas of sin that people didn't realize how much it was affecting them. 
Lord, may they be seen clearly so we can then repent, get right with you, receive the forgiveness of our sins, and get back on track. Lord, we humble ourselves before you today. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your, your wisdom in all that we do. Lord, we give you praise. We give you thanks. You're a good God. You're a wonderful Lord. Praise God. Father, we just look to you now. We look to you. We look to you right on the inside to hear from heaven. And I thank you when answers come, victories are won. But thank you for taking us up. We believe you are at work in us to will and do of your good pleasure. Father, I pray today for any person that's come to Life Church, they've never been born again. They've ne never been, they're not right with you today.